We're happy to be back, bringing you another episode of Millennium Live, where we sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Joining us virtually is Chief Marketing Officer of Cardlytics, Danny Cushion. As a digital ad platform, Cardlytics reaches over 140 million banking customers with insights into nearly $6 million in consumer spending. Danny shares how Cardlytics has an interesting perspective on recent buying patterns given the disruption driven by the COVID-19 pandemic. She also shares advice for her network of fellow C-suite marketers. Hi everyone, welcome to Millennium Live. My name is Katie. I'm joined here today by Danny Cushion from Cardlytics. Thanks so much for coming today. Thanks for letting me join you. I'm excited to do this virtually. <laughs> me too. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with Cardlytics, can you give us a brief overview of what the company does and what makes you unique? Sure. Yeah, we're a, a lot of people might not know our name because we're a white label company, but we're actually one of the big, biggest digital ad platforms in the country. So, um, you know, we present advertising through bank digital channels. And what I mean by that is if you were to look at your Chase app or your Bank of America app or your Wells app and you see ads in there that are presented in the form of cashback offers, um, that is all run by Cardlytics. Um, so we actually, we're a company that reaches over 140 million bank customers. So that actually makes us bigger in the States than, you know, Pinterest, Snap, Twitter. Um, so we're, we're this large ad platform. I think what makes us really interesting and different is not just where we are able to drive marketing for our clients. Um, we work with a, a bunch of the biggest brands in the country, um, but also what we use to power our campaigns. And so since we work with these banks, we have a really interesting view in how consumers are spending their money. So in an, in an aggregated and anonymized way, we are able to use all of the bank's purchase data to be able to inform um, and help our marketers understand where are customers shopping when they're not shopping with them? Um, how do we actually want to use that kind of insight to target um, in the campaigns that we run? So how do we actually use past purchase history as the means by which we're actually presenting campaigns so people are actually getting ads they care about? Um, and then how do we actually close the loop for them by saying, all right, did so the ad campaign that we ran for our clients through the banks actually drive a sale in store or online? Uh, we're a company that's been around for about 12 years. We're headquartered out of Atlanta, but we're in New York and Oakland and, um, uh, and London as well, um, as well as we do have an office in India too. And uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've had a good uh, experience working with Millennium Alliance so far, so we're really happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Thank you. So you have insight into nearly six million in consumer spend every single day. So that must give you a really unique- That's every minute. Every minute, every I'm minute. sorry, every minute. So every that minute. must yeah. give you a unique view. So can you tell us more about what you're seeing right now? Sure, yeah, this is a super interesting time. And I think, you know, it's always been a really interesting and valuable data set that we, that we sit on and use to help our marketers know, grow their businesses by, by reaching people in this pretty amazing channel. Um, it's actually never been more interesting or more needed than it has been in the last you know, three months, three to four months, because we can actually see what is happening with consumer spend. You know, so the way that we look at it, I mean, we do have a couple research pieces that we've put out there at the industry level called the state of spend, where you can actually see what's happening. But the way that we work with our clients on an individual basis is, you know, really trying to help understand 
how is or how are people spending in their category? Is it completely gone? Is it down? Is it different in certain DMAs? Has it completely shifted online? Has it, you know, we what we're seeing is there are some categories of spend where it's gone up significantly and you can sort of picture what they might be, right? On-demand fitness players and um, streaming companies and online groceries through the roof. And the challenges that we work through with those clients is really, really different um, in how do you actually retain all of the interesting customers that they've acquired in this time. That's a super different problem than those that have been impacted with, um, you know, heavy in-store reliance, so retail and, you know, I mean, travel is, is non-existent right now, as you know. Um, but so what we're doing is we use the purchase data that we have access to um, really to help our, our clients and, um, you know, the broader ecosystem understand when is spend coming back, where is it coming back, when is it appropriate and not tone deaf to actually reach out and market to consumers again. You don't want to be in a situation where you're, you know, driving people out of home and saying, like, come to my store. And of it's course. not safe to do that in some cases. So um, it's been a really interesting time. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's been a, a good lifeline, I think, for a lot of our clients to really get a handle on what the heck is happening and how do I plan and come out the other side of this thing, um, whenever that may be. Right. Um, so I know you're mentioning kind of timing and whatever that may be. Are you seeing anything currently that we might be turning a corner or that you might see a return mm. happening soon? Yeah, great question. And actually in the, in the state of spend reports that we've put out, that's actually one of the first things that we're looking at. So, um, you know, we're a, we're a heavy data and analytics shop. Um, you know, even though we're really an advertising platform, we've got a super heavy data and analytics history. Um, because it takes those chops to be able to, to crunch what we have. The state of spend reports that we put out recently actually looks at um, what does what is spend looking like, you know, through March, through April, on a weekly basis. We actually have a dashboard internally that we use, you know, at a client level for our clients. Um, but when you come up to the macro and look at how is spend overall coming back, I think, um, you know, through the end of April, year-over-year -year weekly spend overall, and this is for the whole country across all categories, um, was down year-over-year year like 21%. Now, if you go back to late March into April 1st, you know, the numbers, it's down way more. It was down like 34%. So what you're actually seeing is we are actually starting to see um, a bit of a U slash V turn, um, you know, that is, I think, driven by certain states and certain economies opening up, um, having a bit more comfort level. Um, and, you know, I think for the, for the recent report that we're putting out as well, the latest through um, May 20th actually shows that year-over-year weekly spend is only down about 13%. So we are starting to see improvement. Um, what I'll say is we're, you know, we're looking at something that we call a, a recovery indicator also, because that 13% year-over-year down, is somewhat normalized by the fact that there are categories that are doing really, really well, all right? Like online grocery is crushing it. A streaming service is crushing it. So that pulls that up. Um, we are also looking at a, what we would say is a, a recovery indicator. And it's really a leading indicator of, um, you know, picking a bunch of industries that have been the most severely impacted, like retail, 
um, like in-store grocery, like restaurants where you actually have to go into a location and eat. And um, there is some good news, you know, there, but the recovery is clearly not as quick, um, clearly not as high as only down 13%. And so, um, you know, we actually look at that state by state and then by industry so you can really see, um, you know, what is, when are consumers ready to come out? So how are you using this to inform your advertising partners, particularly the ones that may have cut their marketing budgets? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, the ones that the ones that like desperately need to just get acquires and then keep them, not an easy problem, but easier. Um, I will say one of our largest clients, um, who's a, a national coffee retailer, had cut pretty much all of their marketing budget as soon as this thing hit. And largely because it just didn't feel right for them to drive people out of their homes. Um, they had cut everything except for a few campaigns and segments with us because we we're able to actually look at how do we just reach the consumers who are actively spending in that category. And what it allowed them to do is we can present cashback offers through banks um, to only those people because it pretty much means that they're out already because they're likely essential workers. Um, they may be first response, um, you know, it's only in areas where there are appropriate drive-through or, you know, clear curbside pickup operations going. And so they could feel good about how do you actually market in a way that feels socially responsible um, and is not tone deaf, but completely based on only reaching those who are spending in that category. And then, you know, another way that we're helping with, um, with those who are opening operations or as different states open up, how do you actually look at, okay, as a state opens up and spend in the category starts to go up, um, how do you start to adjust your campaign targeting and, and just reach those bank customers to give them, you know, the ability to save money back or to save money on the stuff that they want as, um, as the economy opens in those states. And so it's, you know, it's a very measured approach, but um, we've, we've got great clients and we're, you know, super happy we're able to help them through it. Great. Um just, I guess, personally, are there any trends that you find really interesting right now? Yeah, there, well, there's one, actually, I just saw it for the first time a couple days ago. Um, and it's, it's sort of intuitive, but it's super interesting. And I only have the Georgia numbers. I don't have the national numbers in front of me. Um, but home and garden as a category, oh. uh, in the last, I think, through, you know, through the end of May or like through May 20th, was up 34% year over year, up 34%. And so, like, as people are starting to get comfortable, um, you know, coming out, like, they're at home, they're doing a lot of work on their homes, a lot of work on their gardens. Georgia is probably a little higher than nationally, I think, just because it's nice down here already. Um, I think that was super interesting. I think some of the stuff that we've seen with, you know, on-demand fitness is really interesting and, and a lean towards e-com, you know, e-com driven spenders, so D2C brands. I think what's going to be interesting is those that have um, the consumers who have adopted e-com like online shopping at a faster clip have come from smaller cities. Um, and we think that might be for a couple of reasons. Like we actually think it might be because a, they just don't maybe have as many options around them to be able to go out safely and, and, and buy stuff. Okay. Um, but also maybe there's a little catch up playing there. So I think the stuff that we're really looking at is to see whether those trends persist even as we come out of that, like, is there going to be a heavier shift to online shopping that will actually stick? Yeah, perhaps. And 
the retailers and the, the brands who actually totally embrace that and lean into it are the ones that will keep market share. Um, the ones that are still a bit behind or in denial are the ones that will lose market share. And it's been a trend that's ha been happening for a while. I mean, we all know online spend has been shifting, but you know, 80% of purchases still typically happen in a store. This has been a unique um, catalyst for really exacerbating that change in shopping behavior. So just having an understanding of what the landscape looks like of how people actually want to shop has been really, really interesting as we work with other marketers and CMOs to say, all right, what does this mean for how you actually address your customers? Yeah, for sure. So speaking of other CMOs, why do you think executive education might be so important right now, especially during the current times? Yeah, it's a lifeline, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think it's, um, I sit on a couple of different CMO forums, um, you know, sort of one a week, maybe one every other week with several different groups. And it's just been helpful to have um, topics, regular topics that we discuss to be able to go through and say, how are you handling, you know, anything from return to office stuff um, to shifting your marketing strategy to, you know, just honestly, the, the sharing community that's come up has been incredibly helpful. Um, and honestly, the executive education, whether it is a, a community-based group like that or whether it's just actively going out and seeking new strategies, um, the world has been flipped on its head and marketing strategies largely went out the window. Um, I love that we're able to do this digitally because I know we've done a lot of, you know, in-person events with you, but, you know, getting yourself and your teams, you know, geared up and, and ready to try something different to actually help reach, you know, the companies that, that need help in a way that they're, they're willing and ready and able to hear it. Um, you know, marketing strategy has, has taken a completely, uh, a huge pivot in the last three months. And I think educating yourself on how to actually go to market differently in a really weird environment um, has been absolutely crucial. For sure. So just lastly, you've been a partner with us for a long time. Um, yeah. What, from your past experience, makes Millennium Alliance so great for today's leaders? Yeah, it's a great question. You guys have been a great partner. And I think it's, uh, um, what's interesting for us, and this is where I get to really geek out in my job too, because I get to spend time with other CMOs across a whole bunch of different industries. And it's really what you guys are founded upon as well, like bringing conversations together, um, we as a company at Cardlytics are always super happy when we can help our clients win and to like put the power in their hands to actually drive their business and really drive incremental sales and really move the needle. Um, and I think we are, we are very aligned with you and that you're a great forum for bringing those conversations together. So it's been, you know, it's been really helpful to work with Millennium. Um, and, uh, you know, we, the team at Cardlytics have really appreciated it because it's just nice to be able to have those conversations with, you know, the brands that are, are on the front lines and seeing what's happened and, you know, many, many old clients, many new clients, um, you know, in the conversation with you. So it's been a good partnership. So thank you. Thank you. And hopefully we'll be seeing you soon in person. And of course, in a few weeks at our virtual assembly. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today and hopefully see you soon. Great. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out some of our other episodes exclusively on Digital Diary.